You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! We did it. We did it. It's episode 100. It wasn't without some trials and tribulations, but we made it happen. It feels like a completely different world, and I guess it totally is since the first episode dropped. And I know a lot of you have been around since then. So thank you very much for supporting the show. Thanks for everything. Without you guys, there would be no point in any of this. So a huge, huge thank you. And man, this is just, this is kind of trippy, honestly. It's it's kind of insane. I know 100 is not a, it's not like the longest running podcast or anything like that. It's not even the longest running gear podcast. But things have changed so much since since that first episode came out that I, I don't know, I just got to express my gratitude to everybody, for everybody who's helped, everybody who's supported the show, of course, the sponsors, where would we be without Sinusoid? Come on, boys. And I'm not just using this as a big setup, that kind of just happened naturally. But no, they've been supporting the show for a really long time, and all of you that have went out and supported them, that directly impacts me being able to do this long term, so... Thank you very much for everybody that has checked out the Sinusoid products and interacted with that company in any way. And if you have, you know how awesome they are to work with and how cool the products are. So make sure you continue to do that. Go check out Sinusoid. And also Gun Street. Gun Street's an, a newer sponsor. They came on this year, but they've been very supportive. And Sean has been like very active. And in, in we, we've talked a lot about various things that we're going to try to do together in the future. So he's... He's been a big supporter of the program as well, so make sure you check out Gun Street. And, you know, all these 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 companies, they're not doing this because they're just raking in boatloads of cash from, you know, from sponsoring this show or any of the other podcasts they support. They're doing it because they really support the community. They really believe in in everything, and they really like to pay it forward, so to speak. So make sure you check those sponsors out. And again... From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for sharing this with anybody. I know this is a long-winded, mushy intro, but I really do mean it, and I, I hope to see a lot of you at NAM. We're definitely going to be eating pizza, and it's going to be great. So, again, thank you so much, and without further ado, here is Tom Majeski from Cooper Effects. Boom. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today I have Tom Majeski from Cooper Effects. What's happening, man? Hey Blake, how's it going? Good to be here. It's splendid. You know, we, we are experiencing a November here in Portland like I've never dreamed of. 
It's good, sunny. Bad, but... Oh, it's so good. It's sunny. It's been sunny for weeks. <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's that perfect fall crisp. Oh, uh, yeah. and I'm like, this is not November. And usually it's just pouring down rain in gray. So I'm trying to absorb it while I while I can. Great. Yeah, I'm experiencing my first Minnesota November and it has been freezing pretty much every day. It's crazy. I hear there's a lot of snow in those parts. I've heard that too. We'll see. Where where are you initially from? <clears throat> um, so I was born and raised in New Jersey, <clears throat> just okay. right outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. And then probably about four years ago, I moved to Colorado to do school um, up in Fort Collins. And then I finished there and just moved to Minneapolis in July. So, gotcha. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that a little more. Um, yeah, you sure. know, classic, classic question. What's your musical backstory? How did it lead to building pedals and and you know i mean you're doing some really unique and interesting things in the business and i think a lot of people have taken note of it in a relatively short time frame cool. so i'd, I'd be yeah. here i'd be really curious to hear how all that unfolded for you yeah absolutely um well i think like a lot of kids um in the suburbs i uh was kind of pushed into piano lessons and at the time i hated it but um I don't know, looking back on it, it's it, it was a really great experience. And I'm really glad I did it because it did kind of make me interested in music in a way that I wasn't interested before. So then, you know, um, all the music I did listen to when I was a kid was like rock and roll based. And so everyone played guitar in those bands. So I thought that would be a, a cool instrument to try. So I quit um, piano and moved to guitar. And then, I don't know, I, I never really... Became much of a musician. I, I've never played a show. Like I've never done anything seriously uh, with a band or anything. I've just kind of messed around with friends in their basements in the past. But other than that, I really don't consider myself a musician. And um, you know, I think that's actually been a huge strength for me because um, you know, as a, as a touring musician, you focus on these things that are really practical, like oh, I need to cut through the mix a little more or, oh, I need this to sound a little brighter or something like that. And all my stuff, it kind of ignores that and kind of just does things that makes your sound drastically different. So I think long story short is I wouldn't really call myself a musician and I don't really have a musical backstory. And I think that's part of, you know, why um, my things sound different. That makes sense. But you do play, you do play a guitar though. So oh, I, I, I have a hard time not saying anybody's a musician if they play an instrument. I can't remember the last time I played like a full song or the last time I sat down to learn a song. Basically when I play guitar now, it's usually just running a note through a circuit, trying to get it to do what I want. Now you're starting to scare me because uh, I similarly can't remember the last time I tried to learn a song. And yeah. and I'm usually just running, well, it's usually a lot of notes, but I'm usually just running a lot of things through different pedals trying to create <laughs> soundscapes. I honestly can't remember yeah. the last time I tried to learn a song either. But yeah, I, you know, always, I've always considered myself a musician. Though. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm harsh on myself, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't really have that musical inclination. I'm not creative in the way that a musician is creative. Um, so. 
what's been so cool about this project is, you know, getting my pedals out to people and then hearing what they do and the things that these, like, you know, what I call real musicians are doing with my stuff. And it's just so cool. That's interesting. So why, why pedals? Like, um, I don't know. They're just kind of like a cool way to make your sound drastically different. And, you know, I first started getting into them. I was only buying these cheap multi effects and they were like mind blowing to me. It's like, Oh my God, you can change the pitch of your guitar. And I don't know, just little things like that just really excited me. And, um, there were, there was always kind of this curiosity, like, Ooh, I wonder if I can make pedals or I wonder if I can make this sound that I've always been curious about making. And I think it was just kind of a logical progression to try to make my own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was the first circuit that you messed with? Um, the first thing I ever tried to build was this fuzz factory. Well, actually that's not true. So I was really into that band Muse when I was like 14, 15. And so the lead guitarist has um, one of those chaos pads in his guitar. Mm -hmm. And so the first, um, I'd say electrical project I worked on was uh, putting the chaos pad screen in the, in the body of these cheap Dean Evo guitars. And so that was my first time tinkering around with electronics. And I actually sold a couple of them. Um, which is kind of crazy to me as like a 14 or that some, <laughs> some people <laughs> in the country were like, Hey, can I buy this? It's like, yeah, sure. Uh, probably, probably not the best build quality, but you know, it works. So I did that. And then, um, then I tried to build a fuzz factory and that failed miserably because I don't know. I like etched my own circuit boards and with some like, crappy kit from Radio Shack that had these like highly caustic chemicals and I burned my hands and like the table, oh, <laughs> the table I did it on. And it was, it was just a bad time all around and it didn't work. And honestly, I didn't really do much um, electronics work after that. And then, yeah, that was, that was kind of my first foray into electronics. So you went, you didn't just go from, burning your fingers though into you know the outward you know <laughs> so i went from burning... what's in between so then i kind of stopped you know finished up high school i started college and i was studying accounting which is just stupid because i'm not an accounting person at all i just kind of did it because other people um were doing it and i was like yeah sure my friends are doing it i'll do it um and i hated it, it sounds miserable like, it sounds oh, awful dude, it's the worst <laughs> Um, and I hated it. So I kind of, uh, took a break from school and was really reevaluating what I wanted to do. And one summer I was like just doing this part-time job at a golf course and it wasn't really taking up all my time. And I was like, I kind of want to build this pedal. Um, that'll be like an eight step pitch sequencer. And that's how the arc was born. And that was really like the next thing I built after that failed fuzz factory. Really? Yeah. That's a, that's a drastic jump. <laughs> it is. And so every step of the way in that process was like, holy crap, that worked. Holy crap, this worked too. And it was just like kind of a miracle. Everything went together. It finally just clicked. Yeah, kind of. Something clicked. I feel like I kind of have a mind that's um, 
technical. So I was able to put, put all these little pieces together that I'd kind of been reading about and looking at over the years and put them all together into something that just kind of, like you said, clicked. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So no, uh, no technical, like, well, I should say no official like engineering background or anything. I do. Um, not an I just graduated with a bachelor's degree in um, civil engineering, which was, I made that decision to study that before I um, was serious about building pedals. And, you know, as I came closer to the end of that degree, I was like, I really want to just give this pedal thing a shot because people are being so receptive to it and I love doing it. And I would kick myself for the rest of my life if I didn't just give it a shot. So here we are. Yeah, well... I think I think why people are so receptive to it is because I mean let's be perfectly honest we're all kind of tired of tube screamers like there's a million good good tube screamer clones right, on the market right. and and there's no reason you know for an upstart company in my opinion to try to make another one that I I feel like unless there's somebody with some crazy idea of how it's been not been implemented yet or has not yet been implemented then I don't really understand why we need another one. And I think why people have been so receptive to your stuff, myself included, is because immediately you see it and you're like, that's different. What's what's going on here? I need to experience this. Yeah. And um, that's been my whole goal with everything I make. It's like, okay, I really don't want to do something if it already exists. So um, I, I, I try to make something that, you know, says something pretty different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, can you give me the order of how everything's come out and what what ha what all have you produced so far? I think I know, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so I did the ARP. Um, that was probably like summer of 2015, I think. And I, I didn't make many of those just because I, I just uh, made like a minimum order on circuit boards and I just built those up and sold them. And then... I didn't really want to build any more of those because I had this idea that I would greatly expand on it um, and more on that later. But then I made the generation loss and then the outward. And now um, I'm about to release this moment machine, which is kind of that fully expanded ARP realization that I'm, I've been kind of planning for, you know, since Cooper FX's inception. Okay. Okay. That's, that is what I thought, and I wasn't. I just wasn't sure if there was any earlier stuff that I had missed the boat on. No, um, no, not really. So let's let's kind of review each of those. Uh, I know I, I I totally understand and can wrap my mind around the the generation loss. Uh, I've really really been enjoying that thing. Like, oh nice, way more than way more than I even would have thought. I was like, when I first seen it, I'm like, that's really cool. And then after I played with it, it was like, oh man. This is <laughs> cool, cool. This is fun. And it was really interesting because I had um uh Alex Fletcher who works for Solid Gold Effects, um, they're in Canada. He's in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Um, he came over to my place just this week and I was like, You gonna need to check this out. <laughs> and uh and he was playing with it for a while and he was like, Sorry, I got I got I got lost. And I was like, That's fine. That's what it's all about. He's like, Man, this That's thing so is cool. so cool. So I mean everybody that's played it is like this is so unique. So what what inspired that sound? Oh yeah, there's actually like this very specific sound that inspired that. Um this album called Era Extraña or Era Extrana, I don't know. 
there's a tilde in there somewhere, so I'm a little confused on how to pronounce it. Um, it's an album by Neon Indian, and that whole record's vibe is just um, it's just got a very nostalgic and like VHSE vibe. And I, there's this one song called uh, Halogen, and the intro is like a perfect example of that. It's got these really really warbly uh, synth pads that are just like you know melting all over the place, and it's just like sample reducing going on. It's just so cool. It's like my favorite sound ever. And that is what I tried to do with the generation loss is just recreate that. So it's just kind of um, a combination of things like the sample rate reduction, random vibrato, some noise, some filtering. That's kind of the story of the generation loss. Yeah, I was going to ask because I don't really know what <laughs> people are like. What is it? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> You're just going to have to play it. So I was going to say, like, how do you describe it? Yeah, VHS emulator. That was kind of the goal. Nice. nice. Because, yeah, like the, that chill wave vibe that was big in, I think it was summer of 2011, has really like kind of left a mark on me. Like that's the music I love to listen to. And like, uh, you know, Washed Out. I think they're from Portland, aren't they? Or no, that's just the Portlandia theme song. So I might be confusing. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that pedal is very um, inspired from that summer of chill wave, I think they called it. So the outward, uh, that one I have even a harder time describing to people. What is the outward doing and what's its story? Yeah, I think at its core, it's basically just a, a sampling multi-effect. Um, you have, you know, the three, I call them delay modes where it's sampling your signal based on either an LFO or an envelope. Um, and then you have the time stretching modes where it samples about a minute and a half, or a second and a half of audio and then uh, slices it up into grains and then it'll sc scroll through them based on the speed of an LFO. And that is all like envelope based. How does it determine what it's sampling? Oh, okay. So, so the LFO sampling modes will sample like at the peak of their LFO and then it'll play back at the, trough of the LFO. I don't know what you would call that. Like the high point and low point. And then um, the envelope mode on that pedal will, as you play harder, it'll clear the sampling loop and record what you just played. And then once you stop playing, it will um, kind of shut off and just repeat what, what it just recorded into the loop. That's so crazy. I don't know how you, you think of these things. <laughs> this is This is kind of nuts. Um, was there, was there a particular sound that inspired that one or was that Tom um, going, I want to try something weird? Not really. Um, I'm trying to think there's no, there's no real, you know, um, aha moment with that where I was trying to recreate a specific sound. I think it was just me, uh, futzing around with that, the, you know, digital chip that I use and seeing what I could pull out of it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, and then how did, so how did people find out about these initially? I know I found out like I do with most things, which is through Instagram, but how did, you know, you said you just sold through the ARPs and then you, you've kind of just always seemed to just have a sort of a built-in demand, which I do understand, but people have to see it somewhere. Where do you see most of that coming from? Oh, 100% the, um, knobs demos. 
I mean, gotcha. that's, that's really all the exposure that I've um, kind of created, I think. And I, mm-hmm. I it's, it's, I mean, he's been amazing for me. I think he's 100% uh, deserves a lot of credit for making me you know, a somewhat notable name. Yeah. And, the, and that was, that was obviously, is that the only demos that are out there or the first there or what's going on out there? But I think um, he's the only ones I've ever paid for. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And that seemed to be a worthwhile investment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that I don't like other demos or anything. It's just, um, I, I just have kind of developed a relationship with him and his, his aesthetic really closely matches my vision. And so I don't know. I just really, really have enjoyed working with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a, he's become quite the, the figure in the, the demo world. Um, yeah. And it's it's interesting. I I I talked to Joel from from Chase Bliss about trying to get him on the show because I know he did. Well, it's funny that we're talking about this now. Um, I know he did, or at least somebody who claimed to be him did the the Ruffian show back in the day, um, which that podcast is no longer seemingly no longer even around as far as I can tell. So it's like the one sort of peek into it, the behind the knobs curtain uh, seems to have been mostly erased from the internet. Um, <laughs> and, and then Joel told me, no, he likes to be private. And I'm like, dang it. I was really hoping to get him on to talk about his story, but I guess he yeah, will. I mean, I totally in... like What's that? NAM, I totally get that. Wanting to be private though. Like at NAM, if you, if you had a face like, um, like Andrew Huang, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of these demoers that do put their face out there would just be like annoying, you know, like people coming up to you like, oh, my God. Hello. Well, yeah, I've uh, I've heard that about. So I've talked to Andy quite a bit from Reverb and he's like, I'm trying to go to the bathroom. And some guy's like, Andy, take a selfie with me. And he's like, I'm trying to go to the bathroom. Leave me alone. (laughs) Like, yeah, not he doesn't say that. He's way too nice to say that, but he's definitely thinking it. So. Yeah, so I mean, I get it. That would probably be kind of frustrating, but yeah. And uh, and Ryan uh, Fluff, he he definitely has that same thing going on. I've heard that pretty much all of the all of guys you that you would expect to have that problem do have that problem. Totally. Um, so, and I mean, it's I'm, a cool problem. Like you're famous, kind of in this very weird niche. Industry. Yeah, you're you're like a known a known guy, but you can still go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, I guess, kind of cool. I'm a, I'm a disembodied voice for a lot of people, so I don't have that problem either. Which is, which is just fine with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, and you're going to Nam this year, is that right? Yeah, I am. I'll be, I'll be there with that um, Delhi Stomp Box exhibit. So I've, I just paid for a little um, demo board there. That'll be cool. There's yeah. a, a lot of my favorite folks are going to be at that. So oh, this yeah. is going to be a good year. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, Solid Gold's going to be there and I'm oh, really tight, tight with those guys and they haven't done Nam in. I don't know if they've ever done it actually displayed. They may have. I might be speaking out of turn, but I know they haven't been there in years. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Very um, cool. Um, yeah. And there's going to be some others. There. I mean, almost everybody that I've talked to this year should be should be jam packed because almost everyone I've talked to, they're like, 
or usually you get some people, no, I'm not going, not going to go this year. Almost everyone's like, yep, I'm going to be there. So it should be, should be a banging year. Pretty excited. Cool. About it. Well, that'll be a fun experience, you know? Just so you know. I do, I... Oh, go ahead. No, you go, you go. Okay. Just so you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to organize a, a pizza feed. So, um, hopefully, you know, if you can break away for lunch at some point. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Love pizza. Yeah. Um, last year, and I've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit, so sorry for the repetition listeners, but last year I, we, we've done it two years in a row. Um, and there's a small pizzeria fairly close to Nam that's pretty decent. And, uh, the first year was fine. We had, you know, 20 people or so show up, brave the torrential downpour to get there. And then I, I called them the second year and told them, yeah, we'll probably have 20 or 30 people again. And we had easily had 50 plus. Oh, nice. And so man. they were like, not super stoked on that. Cause we took over the whole thing. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we sold a lot of pizza, but still, I kind of, yeah, I, I felt bad. <laughs> you know, there was people there trying, there was like one or two couples there trying to have a nice lunch. And there's like all these rowdy guitar players. <laughs> Just does California have good pizza? Um, I, I know there are good pizza spots in California. Anaheim is a little bit, you know, it, it, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on, on Anaheim in general, and I have not had excellent pizza there. That place was pretty good for, for Anaheim in a pinch though, I will say. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers in a pizza desert, I suppose. That's right. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty decent. Um, it's not, it's definitely not what I would consider the best pizza. But it's nice. Well, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely have to grab a slice. Sounds like a plan. I think we're <laughs> as just, I guess, as for the listeners too, because I haven't said this yet. Right now, as long as the weather holds up, we're planning on having it outside, and I'm gonna try to have that restaurant just deliver us a a big stack of boxes. So that's that's what I'm <laughs> shooting for. So we don't have to completely take over their restaurant again. Um, it's very thoughtful of you. I don't think they would let us come back, honestly. I didn't I didn't even ask. I was like they're you think your face is on the do not serve wall. Well they probably. They they came out and they were like, This is a lot more than you said and I was like, I know, I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't think this many people were gonna show up. And uh then as a double whammy, right behind us they had a like a a girls soccer league. So like we had the whole restaurant and they kind of politely I mean they were totally cool. They they politely were like, okay, you guys kind of need to go. <laughs> like, and then they had this entire girls' soccer league right behind us. So that kitchen was working hard that day. Busy, really Big hard day. Um, but anyway, uh, have you been yeah. to Nam before? Yeah, I have in a very different capacity. Um, my dad he uh, is the publisher at this magazine called Music Trades, and when I was probably like. 16 or 17, I went with him to help him cover some of the show. What was that like? So I, uh, um, I don't know. It was cool. Nam is crazy. I just remember coming back and being like very, very sick and yes. my feet hurt, but it was, it was a cool experience. Um, it was kind of before the whole pedal thing took off. So, um, there weren't that many pedal people there. If I remember correctly, I met like Mike Matthews, but he's kind of been a staple in the industry forever. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a cool experience, though. It was fun. Brian Wampler uh, taught me a valuable lesson, which is at NAM, you use liberal amounts of hand sanitizer. <laughs> oh, I think I'll be very liberal with my hand sanitizer use. Yes. I don't, I'm not... Are a- you not no, not at all. I'm to- I never use huh. it otherwise. I I mean, I'm the guy. I'm like, I'll drop something on the ground. I'm like, is there anything stuck to it? Nope, it's still good. <laughs> like, we're 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 eating that. No, I'm totally not a germaphobe at all. But at Nam, that's a totally different ball game. I got very sick yeah. the first year I went, and I brought it home and got my whole family sick. And I was like, oh no. And almost Crap. almost everyone I knew knew got sick. So I was like, except Brian. Brian's like, ha, hand sanitizer, you noobs. <laughs> well, he's cracked the code then, yeah. I think uh, who someone gave me a good tip is just to, like, chug emergency. That could probably help. Yeah. I, I haven't done that. I mean, I generally have a multivitamin or something, but that's not really outside of my norm. But the hand sanitizer, <laughs> like, every, you know, 30 minutes or so, I'm like, time for another squirt. And just... <laughs> Alright, well, that's a tip I'll definitely be be following. I haven't got sick the last two years, and I followed that method, so I'm I'm going to stick with it. What sort of capacity do you go in? Do you just go and um, explore the the area, or yeah, do you have a booth? No, I don't, I don't have a booth, um, although it has been talked about with some of the other guitar podcasters uh, doing that someday, but I, I don't, I don't know, I think it's more valuable for us to kind of mingle. Um, totally. I, I generally go, the real purpose behind me going is honestly to meet with people that I talk to all year. Like I don't yeah. necessarily see them face to face. And so going there and actually sitting down for a, an actual meeting or just hanging out, you know, is, is really what it's about. It's like, you know, I, you know, I talk to you for several hours every week, all year long, you know, <laughs> and now we actually get to see each other type of thing. Yeah, or the computer screen, you know. Yeah. A- so and it's that I mean that way for, you know, business stuff, but also for, you know, I like, you know, talking to the listeners and hanging out with them, eating pizza and like t- talking about what nerdy things they they've found that I missed <laughs> out, you know, like it's 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 just it's entirely a people meeting spot for me. Oh, That's yeah, totally. I, I mean, do. it's like the convention set, the convention for the type of nerd that we are. So Exactly. Could be better. Exactly. It's fantastic. And so that's, yeah, that's really what it's, what it's all about for me. Um, this year yeah. will be hopefully a little bit different as long as all the chips fall into place. Um, been working on a project for quite a while. I can't fully talk about oh, yet, but <laughs> killing me. I know it's cool. It's similar. I'll wait it's, patiently. it's similar to your thought process of we got to do it, but we got to make it different and rad. So oh, nice. as Very soon as, then. as soon as I can, we'll, we'll talk about it, but nice. I don't want to, I've been teasing this for a long time. I should stop talking about it entirely. <laughs> okay. People are like, yeah, yeah, Blake, whatever. We'll believe it when we see it. Hey, okay, well, yeah. Patiently awaiting. Nice. So sidestep the Nam topic a little bit. Cause that's all anybody's going to hear for months at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned neon Indian. And some, what are other bands that you're really into? What what kind of sounds are inspiring you? Would you listen to while you're soldering, type of thing? Oh, 
Oh man, I've been so bad lately. Um, I mean, recently all I do is I'll put on Spotify and just listen to like the recommended playlist, but you know, I'm a huge um, Smashing Pumpkins fan. They were like my first musical love. I still love them. Um, who else? Um, I don't know. It's tough. That's a tough question for me. And it goes back to me again. Like I love music, but I'm not like a music freak. It's just these weird sounds that I like chasing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a really bad answer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a bad answer if it's the truth. I mean, it just is it's what it truth. is, right? Yeah. It's the truth. It's boring, but there it is. Who pops up Take on your recommended the then? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I've been listening to this band Floor a lot lately. Mm-hmm. They're good. Um, I don't know. A lot of like synth pop. Um, Penguin Prison's a cool artist that I like. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That works. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, anyways. Yeah. So again, I think it's these weird sounds that excite me. Not so much compositional stuff music which i do love you know everyone loves music that's part of being human but usually when i listen to stuff it's usually just trying to make a weird sound you know Mm-hmm. yeah i know what you're saying there you go so in that vein then let's talk about the moment machine yeah sure let's talk about it let's talk it about should it be, should be ready real soon um i'm getting some comments based on some uh, demos that are being made and there have been some minor tweaks that I've really been focusing on that kind of set things back quite a bit, but uh, I'm happy that someone caught them before they got shipped out. So yeah, really close to wrapping that up. I'm really excited about it because it's uh, the first pedal that I've really, I mean, I've been developing this for over a year now, I think a year and a half now. And so it's the first pedal that I've really, really you know, poured my, whole self into um, it, it was a huge learning process and I'm so happy I did it because I learned so much and I'm just so excited to get it out there and I hope people like it so can you kind of tell people what it does <clears throat> yeah so like I said earlier it's kind of a um, an expansion on that first pedal I made the ARP um, at its you know at its base it's this 16 step pitch sequencer and you've got two pitches per step so you can make a two note chord you know just out of the two the two pitches that you set Um, but it's got a ton of other features it's got like presets it's got midi clock it's got external clock inputs Um, uh, it's just got a lot of per step functionality so you can really customize each step of the sequence I don't know. It's just very deep, and there, there are some footsteps or foot switches that you can assign to different parameters. Um, yeah, and I think that's essentially it. You know, I was I was surprised. I got to play with that prototype for a little bit. Thank you yeah, for yeah. that, by the way. Um, I I was surprised. I looked at it and I was kind of like intimidated. I was like, oh, oh boy, this is a this is a lot to take in. Um, but I was surprised at how easy it was to navigate around and actually understand what it was doing based on that screen readout. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so good to hear because 
like I'll make these things and I just kind of assume people will be like, oh yeah, this is how it works. Totally get it. But I think that's a pretty big assumption for me to make. And yeah, so it's really good to hear that the user interface isn't too bad. It wasn't. It was a lot it was it was a lot more uh user friendly than some other things that kind of have yeah, some, I guess there's not really a whole lot out there doing exactly what that's doing, but mm-hmm. from a uh, from a deep a depth perspective, I suppose there's I've played a lot of deep pedals, and generally they're a little bit more or a little bit less intuitive than that was. In in my opinion, it was like I could scroll through the menus really easily, and and then and I understood what what it was reading out. And I'm a dum dum, so if I can <laughs> kind of figure it out, then that makes it. I guess that's a good sign. Yeah, I think I think the key is or the screen is key. Um, I think there are three hundred and some odd parameters in the pedal. So if you didn't have that screen, then it's like I don't know how else it would be possible to be as deep as it is. So uh, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't. But that's a that's a really cool thing. I'm excited to I'm excited to see that come oh, out too, like, fully. Me too. It's been a long time coming, and I think people are sick of seeing these pictures of like a partially completed unit on Instagram. So I'm so <laughs> excited to get it out there. But what they're not they're not tired of seeing is pictures of Cooper. Oh, me neither. <laughs> no one gets tired. He's a he's such a good boy. He is a good boy. He's sitting right here. He was just chewing on a knob that he found on the ground. I had to pull it out of his mouth. But yeah, he's pretty, let's talk about a good Cooper. Boy. Sure. What do you want to know? Tell, tell, I want to know how old is Cooper? Cooper is going to be five in um, two weeks, which is crazy. I can't believe I've had him for five years. That is crazy. It is crazy. I think he was that old. I know. Makes me sad. What kind of dog bit. is he? He's a golden retriever. Okay, I uh, thought so. Yeah. But I don't want to assume because, you know, there could be could be other things sprinkled in there with these dogs. You never know. Totally, yeah. He's, he's a golden. Um, I don't know. Golden Retrievers have always been that dog that I'll look at and I'll just like, I just feel it, you know, they're just, you just look at them and you just kind of fall in love with them. I don't know. I feel like so, a Golden Retriever is, is the epitome of like the dog that I, I don't know if this cause I grew up watching Homeward Bound or oh, what the deal is, yes. but it's like the <laughs> dog that I think of as like, that's a good dog. Oh, he, yeah. It's, there's such Golden Retriever dogs. is a good dog. Yeah, they're all good boys. Are you? Mm-hmm. Do you have a dog or any pets? No, I don't. Um, I I grew up with dogs. Um, I and I after we after I got married, we did we did get a hedgehog for a few years. Whoa, that's kind of a cool. Pet. He was, Are they he was good cool. pets? Mine was great. Um, he you know. He liked to run on his wheel. He liked to crawl around <laughs> on me and and watch Clint Eastwood movies. Um, cool. He he was cool. Um, and they're really cute. Um, yeah, I guess and, I don't know anything about hedgehogs other than Sonic. You know. Yeah, uh, he. Yeah, cool. I mean they're fast. Not quite Sonic fast, but he's pretty <laughs> fast. Um, but yeah, he was a it was a cool pet. But I found something out uh, repeatedly about myself not to make this a downer thing, but like every time I have a pet that I get really attached to, obviously, you know, for the most part, we outlive them. And, uh, yeah. And so my, you know, the dog that I, that I had in, when I lived at, 
at home, I loved that dog. And when it had to get put down, I was super, super sad. And then when my hedgehog had to get put down, I was super sad. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to experience enough of this in my life with, uh, you know, with people. I don't think I need need any more of this in my life than necessary. (laughs) I don't so I don't plan on getting another animal unless my son just like begs and begs and begs when he gets older. I probably won't be getting any more pets. Yeah. It's really like on paper, such a stupid decision to get a pet like on paper. On paper, you get nothing right. out of them, and they all they they take take take, and then they you know leave you. But I mean, there's just so many intangibles that they give you, and they're just I can't imagine life without them. You know, I totally get it. Like, yeah, I I I, and I guess that's yeah. I'm just not. I'm I don't want any more of that that heartbreak. <laughs> it's, and it's, I, yeah, I totally get it's that like, too. Ugh, too much for me. Plus, I'm a big softy. I I was I just I'm I'm a I'm not I don't even care when I was a teenager and then younger I was like no I'm a man I'm tough I don't I don't have what is what are emotions I don't have those <laughs> and now I'm like whatever I cry at Pixar movies I don't care I don't I have there's, oh, totally there's no shame in my game totally I'm lucky though because Cooper's gonna live forever it's crazy it is crazy the one dog this is the dog Coop. Coop will Coop is a superhuman <laughs> dog or super dog, not yeah. superhuman because he's not a human, but you know what I mean? The superhero exactly dog. What you mean? <laughs> yeah, he's a good boy. Was you were you were you just like um, scrambling for a name or were you just like, I love Cooper so much. I'm going to name my company after him. God, you know, I can't even remember. Um because, like I said, I, I was just making pedals um, at first because, you know, I ordered circuit boards and there was a minimum order. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I might as well build these up and see if other people want them. And I figured I should slap a name on it, too. And, yeah, I guess I, I just Cooper is such a good boy. And, you know, <laughs> why not? Why not? He's not only is he the name, he's also the logo. I mean, he's, he's the in- logo. Yeah. He's an integral he's part the, of the company. He's the software developer. He's everything. I seen him. I seen him doing some in depth DSP stuff the other day on Instagram. Yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, he's wild. He's the real, he's really talented. Why don't we get him on the microphone? Why isn't I want to talk to the brains <laughs> behind this operation? He's really quiet. He doesn't have much to say. He's a strong, silent type. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so today is kind of. Kind of, sort of a a big day for you in in some ways. Um, you are responsible for one half of the DSP in the new Chase Bliss Dark World. Yeah, yeah, that was a really really fun project, and I'm you know so honored to have been involved in it. Can you so, um, talk about um, how that came out about to or came around to being, and then what what each mode you develop does? Yeah, God, it was like. I think the way Joel put it was it was cosmic. You know, so many little things had to come together for it to happen, I think. Like, uh, you know, I had to move to Minneapolis when I did. I had to have, you know, met the people at the time that I did meet who kind of put the word into Joel to maybe try to reach out to me. And it's just all these little, little tiny things that added up to um, him kind of presenting that idea to me. And at first I was like, oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. I'm just really 
not sure I'm up for it. I'm not smart enough. I just kind of hack things together and see if it works. And I don't know if that's going to cut it for a Chase Bliss pedal. But, um, you know, the more I thought about it, it was like, God, that was really stupid of me to say. And I said, Joel, I would, I'd be crazy not to, not to give it a shot. And if you like it, let's, let's roll with it. So that's kind of how it happened. And so, yeah, I developed the mod, um, and the black and the shim programs. Mm -hmm. And so the mod, I think can be best described as like the reverb version of the generation loss. And then yeah. the other two are kind of lifted or kind of have ideas lifted from the outward, but are, um, you know, very distinctly their own thing, I think. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't have known they were inspired by the outward, having played all of these things at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, slightly in the fact that it's like, um, you know, in the outward you have those three, like I said before, they're the delay modes. And they kind of sample and uh, play based on an LFO. And that's what the shimmer is doing. So the shimmer is, you know, recording. There are two reverb paths. One of them is recording your audio and one of them is playing it back. And an LFO switches the roles of those two reverb paths. So that idea is just kind of an evolution of the outward. And then the envelope controlled reverb is, um, there's an envelope controlled delay on the outward. So. It's oh, just okay. a reverb flavor of the outward, I think, a little bit. But gotcha. like I said, very, uh, very much still its own thing. Sonically, it's definitely its own thing. It's yeah, uh, yeah. The I know a lot of the a lot of the attention has been given to the mod mode, which I think I think they're all great. But the first thing I was attracted to is actually using the the plate mode and the shim mode in parallel. Oh um, yeah. That was the first thing I was immediately like, oh, this is so tasty. Like, I could I could get some really lush, really unique sounds out of using those two together and kind of like really cranking the pre-delay up on the, um, on the, uh, wow, my brain's failing, the plate <laughs> mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow, I'm just, I can't think or speak. Everything's going dark. I don't know what's happening. Um. Yeah, and and then feeding that over to the... I, I mean, I did it in Series 2, which actually produced a really interesting effect. If I ran the plate into the shim and cranked the pre-delay up, I could, I could, like, I could get the shimmer to appear, like, much later than you would think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the coolest features about the Keeley stuff. I think the Keeley yeah. stuff is just, like, you know, I personally would never go out to a store and buy like a spring plate, you know, hall reverb. But I think what the Keeley reverb does so well is those things. Like it nails those sounds. I think the spring reverb is so freaking cool. I just love making it like do that, you know, drippy sound. I, I just, I've really surprised myself with how much I love these Keeley verbs. Um, I think they did a, a really good job with them. I Oh my God. Yeah. I I I don't know. I'm always attracted to plate reverbs in just about oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. I I love the plate verb in the like the Doctor Scientist Reverberator. The plate mode two in that is one of my favorite reverb sounds. Okay. Um, and then this Keeley plate, I was like, oh man, this is one of my new favorite plates, and therefore one of my favorite modes. 
Yeah, and that's my favorite mode on the pedal for sure. I love that plate mode. Ah, oh, it's so delicious. It really but, is. And then used in conjunction with other things, I the black mode was really surprising to me in how I was able to control it. Um, there again, like I, I'm gonna be putting that demo out as soon as I can, but it was it was so shocking what I was able to do with it. So I had I was playing some softer stuff and kind of le- building up the sound in the black mode and letting it kind of keep coming back to where it was starting to build up and starting to build up and starting to build up. And then I'd play a little bit more aggressively and it would cut, cut that. I was like, Oh, 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 okay. And so it it cut out, it like built up and then shut off. And then I started building it back up with a little bit different sounds. And then I kicked on a drive pedal and it completely shut off. And then I had this, you know, driven reverb sound come in. And I was like, this is such a cool sequence that I was able to do that I would have never, ever been able to do with anything else. And it, I was really excited by that sound. So that is what we'll be using for the intro. Oh, but I don't show, I don't show, (laughs) I don't show any of it though. So there's a bunch of other imagery going on. So if anybody's curious what's happening when they hear it, that's what's happening. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I um, mean, again, um, I think what really puts the makes that pedal special is just, you know, Joel's hardware is just you get a feeling when you hold a Chase Bliss pedal that's just really kind of unique to Chase Bliss. You know, they're, they're just there's just something about them that makes them special. You feel like you've really got something. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thing. And it's you know, there's so much crammed in there that they're really, they're really hefty. Yeah. And so it, it feels like, you know, you pick up a pedal of a, of a similar size or in the same case, and then it's not as heavy. That's because there's not as much stuff in it, but you know, we always kind of think heavier things are higher quality. Even if that's <laughs> not, not necessarily true, but it's just what you think. Um, but you know, yeah, there is something special about his designs in that, in that format. I think, I, I mean, yeah. it, it clearly is because everybody goes crazy about it. Yeah, so I think that really kind of ties the Keeley stuff and my stuff together really well. And it was, I don't know, that was just a really fun project to work on. When you heard about it, were you surprised that Joel was was going full digital? Um, Kind of. It's funny. I don't think I told this to Joel, but um, I was always like, and I'm sure a lot of other pedal builders said this as well, the day Joel goes digital is the day, like, you know, we have to close up shop <laughs> because he's just like the, the master at everything that he's, he's done so far. But so I went over to his shop to meet him and his uh, team and he pulls out the circuit board that has two FE ones. And I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was really shocked that uh, he had gone digital. I mean, I knew it was inevitable, but yeah, it's just a cool, cool way to find out i think and i'm really proud to be a part of that i don't know if any of the the listeners like the regular listeners of this show were were too surprised they probably weren't surprised at all because i was i was surprised the second time joel came on we were talking about stuff and we were talking about reverbs and he said uh, he said something to the the effect of of course i'm going to do a digital reverb oh really and I was, that was the yeah that was the first like 
public, uh, you know, a, a statement from him that I was aware of that he clearly said, like, yes, this is going to happen. And this was probably, I don't know, three or four months before I knew about the Dark World. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was. So it was like it was I was like, oh, really? He's like he's he said, yeah, the people want it. Like, of course, you know, of course, we're going to make one. And so I was really surprised to hear him just finally come out and be like, yeah, we're going to make digital stuff, basically. So that was a uh, that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's only I mean, I guess he pushed the envelope with Therme. People before that were saying there's only so much you can do with analog. I'm sure there's more, but it's just, you know, digital just provides like a whole another palette of sounds that you can mess with and a whole new world of techniques you can play around with and do some very weird things. Of course, you can create things that that are impossible to create in the analog realm. Yeah, absolutely. Now I just had a, another brain moment. I forgot Therme, the first time Joel came on, he had the he teased he didn't say anything about what it is so it wasn't officially a tease but that was the day that he had came up with the concept of therme he was like i came up with this idea today and i can't really talk about it and so for <laughs> like the tease. next year and a half yeah exactly the next year and a half every time he would release a pedal i was like message him or comment is this the idea that you had what and he'd be like no this isn't it <laughs> and so, so like, he didn't tell you what it was but he just Teased you hardcore right there, huh? He did. So That's I was, I was, uh, yeah. For like, I think it was like the next two or three releases before Thermae came out. I was asking him every time he would drop something. Like, is this it? <laughs> no, no, that's not it. Is this it? No, that's not it. Oh man, I want the. And finally, when Thermae came out, I put in like, I think I put in all caps on an Instagram comment. Joel, is this the one? <laughs> And he's replied, yes, this is it. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's, I've been, I've been very, like, very tangentially early involved, not involved, that's the wrong word, but clued in, I guess, on both of the, I don't know, probably the most anticipated ones. Cool. I'm not, definitely not involved, but, um. Well, maybe you were the inspiration so that, for Thermae. No, he was, <laughs> it was before we were talking. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He had, it I I mean I like showers, not baths. So <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, can't can't be me. Um, well, yeah. I mean, are you a shower? You're a shower guy too. I shower occasionally, you know. Just when you when you have to. Just when people start making comments. Well, the, the fortunate thing about podcasting is no one can smell us, so we can do whatever. <laughs> we want. That's true. But yeah, Therme was one of those pedals that just kind of blew me away. And the fact that it is analog is just like, man, what a smarty pants. I really, I really like the tonal recall quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah. as much as I like that, I like the Thermae quite a bit better. And I was surprised that I felt that way. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, for me, there's no, I love tonal recall, but there's no question. Thermae is just like, I, I haven't been so excited by a pedal. I got it pretty recently and yeah, I just, I just, the second I plugged it in, it was like, wow, this is so cool. And actually, um, it was when I started doing the dark world stuff. So I have a favorite combination is running like the black mode into the thermae and then oh. doing a parallel, doing parallel with like you know, the plate or the spring. 
And that's just, that sound just, I would be playing it and then it would be, you know, an hour later. And I was like, oh crap, I should really get to work. <laughs> I should really do something else. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so. So that sounds, I don't know. Really that cool almost sounds like, gear. that almost sounds like you're a musician, Tom. Just saying. <laughs> if you heard what I was playing, you might reconsider that. <laughs> I I very much doubt it's any worse than anything that I do every single night. Every <laughs> just out here, just making bleep bloop sounds with with my guitars. That's what I do. Yeah, how I zone out. It's fun. Sure is fun. It's fun for me. It's not fun for anyone that stumbles into this mess. My yeah, wife right. is very glad that I'm out of the house doing it. She's very, very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it. I feel like from the outside looking in, it's a very strange hobby. Or very strange. It is a strange hobby. General. It's it's a strange hobby and interest from the inside looking in. Yeah, that's it, true. It's weird, and I'm totally okay with it. But it is weird. I I accept that. A little bit, yeah. I accept it. We're closing in on the hour mark here, and I have not asked you. The most important question that that everybody, you know, a lot of people struggle with this one. Um, so, you know, you, you can be as guarded or as open about it as, as you want, but because it, it's a, it's a bit personal. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. What kind of pizza do you like? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, well, I think I have a pretty easy answer. I think okay. it's... Um, Veggie pizza, vegetable pizza, veggie pizza. Because, because like I don't feel like a total animal if I eat a whole pie of veggie pizza. Because you have <laughs> a couple <laughs> servings of vegetables on there. Well, you know? I mean, if you get if you get a good combination pizza, um, you've got all of your basic food groups on there. That's true. That's the Maybe way I try to think about it. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to look for at me, it that way. I think for me, veggie, I think just because I don't feel like a total monster after eating a whole pie. But is that actually your favorite, though? Like, other, <clears throat> you know, feeling like a monster aside. <laughs> well, like, actually in your mouth while you're chewing. Well, if I'm not going to eat a whole, if I'm not going to eat a whole pie, then which is unlikely. I don't know if that, <laughs> if that happens. I like I knew I liked you. <laughs> um. I just like, you know, like a New York slice of pepperoni or sometimes I'll like like a chicken bacon ranch or a chicken parm pizza. I, I would go with, oh, or Sicilian pizza. I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I'm still waiting for the day and I, I it's I don't I don't know who it would be. And I don't know if I would even be able to release the episode if it happened. But I'm waiting for the day for somebody to be like, you know, not really a fan. You know, I don't really like it. I don't yeah. I don't know if that person exists, but he has to, right? He or she has to exist. I'm pretty sure there's a quote from The Office that's, that says, everyone likes pizza. Michael Scott says, everyone likes pizza. And I'm pretty sure that's the most accurate statement in the world. Yeah, I would I would agree. But there, Rich people, there are poor people. <laughs> There are monsters among us, though, Tom. I've yet to meet one. There's, there's <laughs> got to be 
there's got to be somebody out there that's like, man, I really don't like pizza. I I don't know. I don't think that person exists for real. I'm kind of making that up, but it's kind of like really some, hope not. some or somebody who doesn't like tacos. You know anybody that doesn't like tacos? Um. Well, I mean, you can get a bad taco. Well, I guess you can get bad pizza. You know, I used to not like tacos for a long time because my oh, mom. Hey, well, this is a hot hold take. On, hold on. My mom who was a great cook. Usually, she would cook these hot, these tacos with like this gross taco seasoning, and I thought I didn't like tacos. But then I had real tacos, and it was like, oh, I like tacos. I like I like legit like street tacos are my favorite thing. Like one of my favorite things of all time. But I I will say I don't I think it's a nostalgia thing. Sometimes I want those uh. 90s white people tacos you know and like yeah like like they're not really good but they kind of are no if it makes any sense i I, they're not they're i know what you mean i personally don't like those at all but i i i I can understand the yeah it's the same feeling i have like i i wish i wish i could still eat dunkaroos sometimes even though they're not really oh my god are those still around anymore no 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 you know what I it's, got really not. excited about seeing recently was Count Chocula. Did it? Did Count Chocula go away? Yeah, I think they only have it during the Halloween season now. Oh, I don't think I knew that. I thought Count Chocula was just always was always there. No, I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong. People could be screaming at me right now, but I think so. That shows how much I'm paying attention to the cereal aisle. I guess. <laughs> yeah, not missing much. What do you, what do you think uh, about like the Malto meal bagged brands versus having a box brand? Oh, I'm totally not a cereal guy. I can't remember the last time I had cereals. Just Count Chocula is like the one, you know. <laughs> I'm not a cereal guy either, but I do I have guess... a, a slight opinion on on that. I like the Malto meal brand. What what are they? What's their? I've only ever had their um, Lucky Charm. It's like kangaroo the marsh marshmallow 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 mateys yes 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 that was the example i was gonna give that was superior because they put more marshmallows in the bag oh but that's the good thing about lucky charms is like you gotta pick through the gross cereal stuff to get to the gold it's like you earn your marshmallows you don't just get them (laughs) oh i see these kids and their participation trophy marshmallows unbelievable unbelievable <laughs> did you do the thing that every kid, the most every kid did, where you eat all the gross ones just to get them out of the way, and then you just have a bowl of marshmallows and you just savor those bites? I can't remember, but I'd be shocked if I showed that sort of self restraint. <laughs> you just powered through. Yeah, G- give me all that. <laughs> give me that sugar. Yeah. I need that sugar to get through my day. Totally, totally. Good times. Good times. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, we've we've reached that hour mark. Is there anything else you want to tell people? This is your chance to put up a billboard where they can find you, or if you just have something you've been wanting to get off your chest and tell the world, now is um, the time. Nothing, really. I think you can just find me at Instagram. If you ever want to look at good pictures of dogs, then that's really all I ask. I don't care if you buy my pedals. Just tell me you like my dog. Well, okay. I like your dog. <laughs> Deal. Yeah, All that's right. it. All right, cool. Sounds good. Well, All right, Blake. Well, it's been a blast.
Thank you very much, Shrew. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, me too. All right. For Tom, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There we go. Episode 100. 100? I don't know what that is. Episode 100, officially in the can. Can't hardly believe it. It's tr- it's so trippy. I can't even I can't even hardly think about it. But we've done it. We've done it together, and here we are. Huge thanks to Tom for taking the time to come on. Make sure you check out his pedals. They're really really cool. They're some of the most unique effects on the market right now, in my opinion. Sonically, they're um, very. He, he has a very different approach to thinking these things through, and and they're really really fascinating. So. Make sure you check him out. Check out the Dark World. His his section on it is is it's mind blowing. He's a he's good at what he does, and he's a humble guy to boot. As you are well aware, we have a variety of ways to support the show. One of which being is the Patreon. And Tom spent an extra few minutes, uh, about twenty minutes actually, and we talked about food. We we went on there. We talked about our favorite foods, what we like to eat. Because that's that's just as important, if not more important, than gear, in my opinion. So if you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, you sign up at the $5 level, you will be getting extra episodes every week. Some of those will be extended episodes just like this one. Some of those will be some guys coming over to the shred shed and shooting the breeze and talking about pedals and talking about gear and just, you know, the general gear community. So if that's your thing, if that's something you're into that is the place to go. There are also a variety of other ways you can support the show, one of which being is a new one, and it, you guys have been very receptive to it so far, is tonemob.com reverb. Basically, what that does is that gives you a link right to reverb.com. If you go through tonemob.com reverb, that will take you immediately to reverb.com, and then you can do all of your shopping as normal. You can, Or if you've never heard of reverb before, if you set up a new shop, a new account with them, that actually helps the show also. They they give a little kickback for that. But if you just go to that link, do all your shopping as normal, it's not going to change anything for you. It's not going to drive your prices up or anything like that, but it will give a small percentage of every dollar you spend back to the show to help keep it going. So your, your gear hounding can be more productive than just, you know, feeding that gas monster that we all have. So tonemob.com slash reverb is the place to go for that. That will make things nice and easy for you. Don't forget to bookmark it. Save that. Just save that up there in your favorites. That'll make things smooth sailing. That's about it. I just want to say thank you again for tuning in for all these hundred episodes. I hope we can do several hundred more because that would be awesome. Because podcasting is awesome. And I want to continue to do this. So if there's anybody you'd like to get on the show... Make sure and, you know, send them my way. If there's, you know, some of your favorite artists, I'm really looking to get some artists this year and moving forward uh, to to come on. And, and those guys are a little bit harder to pin down sometimes. So if you got favorite bands or, or uh, any, like, notorious gear hounds that you know that would enjoy this kind of nonsense, send them my way. I'm here. I'm down to talk to just about anybody. So, again, thank you very much. And let's put a bow on it. One last thing before we totally sign off here. 
I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.